right, y'all. Keys stay. So be open-minded. That's why I just say you might not like it. But it's real. So listen up. Yo, ever since 911, it's been murder for lies. Like that yellow cake uranium to justify. The presidents, the judges, Congress, and lobbyists, they trading human lives for Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Whistling in Dark podcast, episode 8, Sunday, June 24th, 2018. I'm Patrick Bradley, and I'm down here broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia. Or maybe recording from Atlanta, Georgia would be more accurate. Uh, So today, um, I want to talk... I don't really want to, but I feel obligated to continue to talk about immigration. I think this would make uh, three straight episodes where uh, the previous episode was 100% uh, that topic. And um, I think I talked about it uh, the episode before that, so six and seven and now eight. Um, I do not see, uh, you know this border issue as the number one thing that's going on right now. Um, You know, I really feel like, you know, the two big things are probably North Korea and the Middle East, you know, in particular Yemen. Um, There's some other election stuff going on around. There's, you know, um, I think Germany's Prime Minister Merkel is like, it's possible they're being pushed out, Um, you know, but I, I, I don't, I'm not even kind of an expert in any of that stuff. Actually pretty ignorant. So I probably won't be talking much about it, but I believe it's quite important. Um, but in the U.S., uh, particularly if you're getting your news from, you know, the main sources like CNN, MSNBC, Fox, uh, you know, you're just absolutely inundated with it. So that probably means that what, even if you're not listening to those or, or getting your information from those sources, um, most of your friends and family are. So uh, I think it might be good to look at them and uh, or look at this topic a bit more as it continues. And I have a few more, you know, things I can bring in about it. Um, you know, we did talk a lot about it before, but um, some kind of interesting things I've kind of discovered and just looking at the continued narrative that's put out there. Um, other other topics today, or there was a couple of interesting news stories that kind of came out. Um, uh, NPR and a major privacy win, Supreme Court rules police need a warrant to track your cell phone. Um, so that's a, that's a nice thing. We can... Uh, talk a little bit about that and um on the not so nice side i'm on bloomberg.com online retailers can be forced to collect tax the high court rules um the high court being the supreme court so you know we've had somewhat of a tax-free you know internet for a long time um and so, uh, you know, it's not not completely. I mean, you know, we definitely pay sales tax on a lot of things, but, you know, now it's going to come incomplete and uh, or in totality. And uh, I guess there's going to be a lot more legal machinery, um, probably mainly enforced by the IRS to sort of, sort of 
uh, draw more money out um, of uh, they, there's apparently there's possibilities of them being able to go back and collect back taxes now. Um, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen. I mean, that's just straight up bankrupt, you know, a lot of businesses, I'm sure. Um, but it will, you know, just has the effect of raising prices uh, for the consumer um, and it will lower sales for the businesses uh, that previously didn't have to charge this tax. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty simple, right? Like if you're, if you can buy a pair of shoes for a hundred dollars, or, you know, if a, if a company's selling, you know, shoes for a hundred dollars and, you know, they're selling, I don't know, uh, let's say a, a thousand pairs a month. If they raise the price to $105, they're going to sell less than 1,000 pairs a month. Um, so, and the people that do buy it are, you know, getting the exact same shoe. You know, they're just paying $105, you know, more for it. Um, so, pretty pretty simple, you know, raising, raising taxes on something like that is certainly going to discourage it. Um, yeah, it's funny, a, a, a friend of mine was talking about that he lives he lives in seattle and uh he was talking about um you know the uh the sort of that uh i you know i mean i guess it would be like mainly the the sort of left wing or the democrats there you know they they certainly understand the idea that adding taxes to something is is going to um you know uh lessen the you know use of it right so they they wanted to lower the the amount of con, uh con, the amount that sugary beverages were consumed so they added a, a sugar tax or sugary beverage tax or whatever and it probably lowered the amount of, of sugary beverages that were bought because they raised the price right like um, just like the shoe example it's pretty simple. Um, so another another thing they added was a head tax for employers. Uh, so you just had some sort of like flat, I think, tax per employee. So, uh, you know, what's that going to do? It's going to lower the number of jobs, right? <laughs> because it's just going to, you know, if you like you lower or you raise the price that employer has to pay, you know, then they're going to get less employees, just like the shoe example. I mean, it's it's identical, you know. So, you know, that's kind of inconsistency you see often around uh, around the, uh, you know, the idea of taxation and when, you know, you have the Democrats and certainly the Republicans also lack, uh, you know, solid foundation. But, you know, in this specific example, the Democrats are lacking like a good economic foundation that they're able to push sort of both of these things simultaneously that just a very, very cursory analysis shows, um, you know, shows the issues with that. Um other things I wanted to talk about were I just want to make sure I'm not missing one of the articles. And then um, I wanted to kind of loop in a couple things that I was going to kind of take, um, you know, connected, like I said, to 
the immigration. Uh, one was a sort of inequality. And I wanted to also kind of bring in, I, I think this is something that people see a lot. Um, there's, I think there's sort of one um, specific um, sort of video called Life Explained Like a Video Game that talks about this inequality uh, stuff. And I, I think a lot of people have seen that. Um, but further, you know, just the idea of inequality or privilege, right? That's, I, my understanding is, you know, whether you're talking about inequality or privilege, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it is, um, it's, you know, it's all the same, the same idea. And, um, so I wanted to talk about that, talk about that from a libertarian perspective um, or the voluntarist. So this is something I've been thinking about this week. Uh, is it voluntarist or voluntarist? I'm not sure. I've been going with voluntarist for a little while, but autocomplete seems to only know voluntarist. So maybe uh, I was mistaken there. I'll try to figure that out before the next episode. Uh, but anyway, you know, want to talk about uh, the idea or, or, you know, this topic of inequality from, you know, the uh, the voluntarist perspective or libertarian perspective and um, just, you know, just see the, the contrast between uh, how how this is generally approached or seems to be approached from the conservative and the liberal the liberal side. I mean, the liberal side's obviously very much in your face, right? Um, but uh, you know, I think that the conservative approach is also kind of a flawed um, a flawed take on it as well. So I wanted to talk about that, and um, and then there was a couple of um, articles I think that were pretty uh, kind of ridiculous about this sort of um, immigration stuff, and so let's start there um so the big the big thing that i personally stumbled upon this uh since the last time i uh did the podcast was okay so i i mentioned before that there were a couple of pictures of these or pictures of children in these little cages from the obama presidency and actually that was like a big uh big faux pas like some you know i guess media outlets or whatever posted them as if they were from the trump era and you know the sort of twitter verse exploded blasting trump and then it turned out that oh shit this was actually from 2014 so you know everybody just shut the fuck up real quick but you know there was never that honest moment of oh my god you know this was like happening under our Lord and Savior, you know, Barack Obama. You know, there obviously there's, you know, uh, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, maybe there's some percentage, some very small percentage of people that were Democrat that saw that, that had a moment, you know, that that actually had that that moment that they that that was the thing that that finally clicked. That was you know, to, to get them to like unplug from the matrix, right? It's just like, oh man, like, wait a second. Like, so if this was the same, what else is the same, you know? <clears throat> and I think like once that crack happens in the, you know, in the armor, once you get that chink in the armor, um, I think that that sort of whatever it is, you know, I mean, I, I feel like I'm just sort of, 
have been kind of just beating around or, you know, kind of kind of trying to to get a grasp on it, but still haven't quite got there as, as to like, you know, what am I exactly saying or what exactly do I think is going on? And, and you know, A, maybe it's not a single cohesive thing. That's probably most likely true. So it then it's going to be very complex because it's a whole lot of different agendas and different things happening at once. But there does seem to be a somewhat of a large scale effect of a kind of propaganda, you know, brainwashing that keeps people in this sort of left right paradigm. And, you know, but I do think that, you know, once once you sort of have that awakening and you see it for what it is, you know, it's really hard to go back. <laughs> you know, it's really hard to kind of go back asleep. Um, you know, once you sort of see through that. So anyway, uh, so I did realize that that happened, but you know, it could have been very isolated. I mean, I, I really didn't know, you know, what, what was happening there. Uh, and then, you know, the last episode we did talk about the large numbers of deportations, um, and during Obama's, uh, presidency and, and, uh, but we didn't, um, or prosecutions, I think it was in specific, but there, there still wasn't much about, uh, anything about like numbers or something with, with children specifically and families and, and, uh, just didn't really know what was going on anyway. Um, you know, I, uh, came across somebody in Facebook, shared it and, you know, followed the links and, and I, I sort of double checked to, to find the pictures and, you know, I'll, I'll put them in the show notes. And if you follow me on Facebook, that's um, the Facebook page is the for the Whistling in the Dark podcast. Please come by and put a like on there and and share it. Uh, right right now, that I don't have like a separate website or anything. So right now, that that's my main communication. That and my personal Twitter account, which is Patrick J Bradley at Twitter. Um, you know, I I actually I believe I shared this link. Uh, but I shared some stuff about this, but there was a CBS and I, you know, I don't know where, I don't know what would be the fundamental source, but they give uh, Reuters uh, sources or credits for these images. So these are from, um, you know, here's one I'm looking at it. It's cbsnews.com slash pictures slash crisis dash in dash child dash immigration. Um, and I'm just looking at the second picture. Children sleep and watch television in a holding cell where hundreds of mostly Central American immigrant children are being processed and held at the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Nogales Placement Center in Nogales, Arizona, June 18, 2014. And if I removed that caption and showed it to you, you would absolutely assume that it is one from this recent uh you know one of these recent stories about the you know the trump thing in texas that was i think they particularly for some reason were focusing on this texas holding cell and why is it the same because it looks identical it is the identical cage the identical tinfoil blankets that they talk about so you know, I mean, one of the things that people have been 
you know, up in arms about and attack him. It's just like these kids are sleeping with these foil blankets as if this was, you know, a creation of of Donald Trump to just, you know, further dehumanize these children. Um, and obviously their implication is always because they're brown people, right? So Trump just doesn't give a fuck. And, you know, this is how he treats them. But this is from 2014. So, you know, actually, I, I mean, could it, it could have even been before. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I actually don't know when this started. Um, I, I have a, uh, a lawyer friend that uh, said that the nickname for Obama was deporter in chief. So, you know, massive. I mean, he this is what he does. He works in immigration. He's an immigration lawyer. And um, while, you know, certainly maybe the attitude is more overt, um, you know, from Trump. And uh, I do believe there was some specific sort of focus for those, you know, a few weeks or something or a couple of weeks about the family separation. But, you know. So this is, you know, this is where I'm at right now. They they talk about numbers with Trump, but they do not give I I, I haven't seen and I'm and I'm not sitting around watching CNN, you know, 24/7. Well, basically zero, right? I basically come and like look at some of these articles to do this podcast, but I'm not, you know, watching it all the time. But uh, you know, they don't um they don't give us the numbers for, uh, you know, Obama. I mean, he, I mean, what, you know, what good are, are, is a number without like some sort of scale, uh, you know, some context for it? I mean, what are we supposed to do? Like, I don't know. You know, we talked about it uh, the last last one, too. It went from eight to ten thousand over, you know, a 30 day period or something. Um, the amount of people in. I don't even know. Is that a lot? Is that a little? I mean, what? I, I'm just. I don't know how to how to deal with it. I mean, sure, it sounds bad. Two thousand. Uh, I don't know. I think it was children, whatever. Um, but so you know, so we see these, and and you know, it, this is sort of similar to something I mentioned in a previous episode that to to some extent, I I sort of prefer to keep a somewhat superficial analysis on, you know, these different websites because the superficial aspects of these articles are the aspects that have the impact, you know? the I mean, the biggest thing that happened, the biggest thing that came out was a recording of a child crying. That is That and then... A picture, or it might have had some video, but of the children with the tinfoil blankets. I mean, that's it, right? That's the damning evidence. That's the thing that's got everybody fired up. It's not what numbers there are. It's not, you know, the 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 implication of this evidence is that this never happened before. You know, that that's the superficial take, the superficial take that your average, you know, left leaning. You don't even have to be left. I don't think people that watch CNN even necessarily are like 
necessarily Democrats. I mean, I think people see CNN as like the major news source in the United States. So, you know, whatever. But people so they may not even be like Democrats. They may be kind of in the middle or whatever. Um, But your average person, you know, is that to me, like that's what I think the message is. And because they're just doing a superficial, you know, read through or glance at the pictures or maybe they just hear you remember that uh i don't even know her name maybe it's rachel maddow i don't know the short-haired uh brunette woman i don't know what station she's on but you know she's crying and showing i mean it's you know if you see this woman that you don't know that she's lying right you know or you don't you know you don't you don't know anything about her you just assume well this really you know, uh, rich corporation kind of has her out there. I guess she's telling the truth. You know, I guess her emotions are real and genuine. Uh, I mean, I, you know, maybe it is the kind of default stance that people think that, you know, people are telling the truth. And if somebody's crying in front of you, they probably actually are sad. And, uh, you know, but, um, you know, she wasn't crying when this exact situation was reported in 2014 under Obama, you know. And and so if it's not reported, it essentially didn't happen from the perspective of an average person, right? Like that's – to me, like that's the issue and that's why this superficial look at it is, is important. And, you know, I mean – the facts almost like don't matter. The, you know, the facts become whatever this, this superficial sort of take is on this. And to me, the impression I believe that most, you know, average and below people take whose votes are weighed just as heavily as the super intellectual, right? Like Tom Woods, you know, weigh, vote is just as, uh, weighed with the same amount as, you know, any other just like Joe Schmo, you know, walking around that's, you know, never read a single line of an economics textbook, you know, that knows nothing about, you know, has only gotten their news from Fox or CNN or something. Um, So, you know, they just want to get the eyeballs and then control the vote. And, uh, So, you know, I think that the story is that Trump started a new policy, which, you know, basically created detention camps for crying children and that had to sleep with tinfoil blankets. And also they tried to spin it that, you know, this also includes children in families that were just coming to the border seeking asylum, saying, hey, we're here and we would like basically to get political asylum, you know, which before that was like a pretty, I guess, special, you know, whatever. That's like legally trying to enter, right? Saying like, we need to get out of here. We're not trying to sneak in, you know, but, you know, we're going to die if we stay here or whatever. So, you know, so this this sort of coming out or me finding this is uh, was like pretty, 
pretty fascinating. I mean, I, I, you know, honestly, like I was really surprised that this, I mean, it couldn't be more damning. Like it is, it is an identical, I made a post on the, the Facebook page that took the picture and I just wrote a little caption over it that says, does this picture anger you? And then, uh, and then the next picture is the same thing, but it shows it that it's from a 2014 CBS news article and says it should, because this was taken in 2014. You know, I mean, I don't have the reach that that's going to matter or whatever, but, uh, you know, it's like unbelievable like the the oh, at the superficial level the power of this image is amazing i mean it is just it is an absolute identical situation in 2014 as the one that was you know is being you know talked about constantly on all of the major news sources now and um I don't know that 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 was my kind of big, you know, big find this week. And uh, they. I, you know, I, I don't I, I'm just not sure what uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how you look at that and you don't maybe people just aren't seeing it right now. But it does bring up, you know, again, about this, the kind of. Um, continued sort of larger question that I had about, you know, what, you know, just sort of exam trying to examine the, the media sort of at a, a, a larger scale and, and, you know, sort of see like, what, what is this message or is there any kind of plan? It is interesting, right, that this was reported on in 2014. I mean, here are the pictures. I'm sure it was, you know, disturbing, um, so it's there, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like CBS didn't try to scrub this from their website. I mean, it's there for me to find. Um, not, I don't, I don't know. I don't really know. Like, okay. So like, let's say you, you know, you want to just take the full on like Illuminati, new world order conspiracy that they're controlling the media, you know, and, and controlling the narrative and just getting, you know, just getting the cattle to sort of follow their new path to their own demise and, you know, control their thoughts. And why would this even exist? You know, I mean, I like, why, why would, why would there be a 2014 order article on child immigration crisis under Obama? Um, if, you know, part of their thing is to get these open borders. So all these, um, people from Central and South America can come in, which are going to be a majority vote Democrat and majority, you know, have to get um, some sort of like welfare type assistance um, to help destroy, I don't know, the fabric of this country, which, you know, kind of according to the New World Order or like Illuminati conspiracy, I think that this country represents, you know, this sort of beacon of individual freedom and, and, you know, they, they don't want that, right. That their goal is like this sort of new world, one world government, one world currency where they're like the ultimate overlords. Um, so I don't know, but I mean, you know, I, I don't, 
I think that it can still exist. You know, I mean, I think the, uh, you know, you can say, well, they, they sort of wield a certain amount of power and control, but they certainly don't control every single article written by, you know, every single person. And they don't control what every single photographer, you know, at Reuters does. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, I guess, I guess like it could, you know, you could still have that, um, and, uh, yeah, I think, and, and again, you know, kind of on that superficial nature, like, and this will, this may roll into the sort of next thing I wanted to talk about, but, um, <clears throat> the, um, if it's not on the front page, it's almost like it doesn't exist, you know, and this, um, this brings me to this, uh, Let's see. So this, um, I'm gonna see if yeah, here we go. So the uh, media bias chart. Okay. So it brings me to this, um, and this idea of you know, th so this media bias chart uh, has like, um, in a lot of people, you know, you've probably seen it. It's uh, it's like a two-dimensional chart. Uh, one, um, the Y direction basically measures uh, fact reporting versus fabricated. Uh, so basically the accuracy of the facts. Um, and then the X-axis is a scale from liberal to conservative. And um, so... This uh, chart is attempt right there, and they have a whole bunch. It looks like they have lots of articles about their process and everything. So you know, this is um, and this actually blends into an uh, brings up another idea. But you know, they want to. You know, it certainly is is trying to put itself out there. It's very scientific, right? Like this is, you know, they're unbiased. I mean, so that's part of we have to assume that somehow these these guys are unbiased, um, and. So what we see is a bunch of logos and they find like <clears throat> a very sort of neat trend. And the trend is that the more um, partisan you are, the less accurate you are. I mean, that that's basically it. It's just sort of a, a an inverse V. Um <clears throat> So I think um I think that without even looking at this study I can find or or whatever you know what whatever they're reporting or what they do there's one problem that jumps out immediately like immediately is the idea that you can map the political spectrum into a one-dimensional line from liberal to conservative. I obviously reject that because as a libertarian, I don't fall on that line. You need to bring in other, you know, other dimensions. One dimension just doesn't cover it, you know? So right there, there's a false sort of paradigm, a false assumption at the core. So how, you know, that they're able to come up with this neat figure 
I don't know what the I don't know how they're measuring the y axis, but the fact that the x axis is bullshit makes this chart wrong, right? And that's, you know, this is how you've got to analyze stuff. You know, you got to find like if if like the initial assumptions are wrong, you might as well just shut her down. Like don't worry about it. Like that that's a bad, you know, this is a bad plot. This is a bad figure and it's built on poor research because the world of political thought is not reduced to one dimension. Now, I could believe that fact reporting, you could map that actually to one dimension, right? Like you could just um, try to, you know, pick up the facts and <laughs> just check them out and just say, okay, there are like how many factual statements are made in this article and how many of them were accurate. Um, you know, I... You know, I believe that this is it is so possible to color these numbers that I have serious, serious doubts as to, you know, whether or not this right. Like who made so you've got who made this graph uh, or this plot, this figure here. And then, well, where do they, you know, land politically? Like what are their ideologies? And um, I mean, in any article like you know, what counts as a fact? They, you know, you could, it's like very easy to stack up one side to another, right? Like they could say, um, when they're looking at a, you know, uh, a CNN article, you know, they say, okay, you know, Trump did a press conference at 1130 AM Eastern time. That fact is correct. You know, whereas Infowars, which they look at as, you know, terrible with fact reporting, they may like skip mundane facts like that. Right. Like, I, you know, I don't know how they do it, but just judging by the fact that they are, you know, doing this like gross, you know, erroneous simplification of the political sort of left right thing, um, you know. I would assume that they probably have some pretty flawed methods um, since they don't actually understand politics. So, you know, I sort of the fact that they don't have a strong grasp on on um, political theory and they just said, fuck it, we're going to go and make, make this thing and blast it out to the world anyway. And if I can ram it down people's throats, um, you know, makes me doubt a lot of the other the other things and something else, too. And this is sort of just connected to what I was just talking about is, are you weighting every article equally, like every fact equally? You know, again, uh, that's one way to do it, but that's not reality, right? It's it's the front page is what matters, you know? So, you know, if you're sort of able to slide CNN up the rankings of accuracy, then uh, by, you know, maybe they maybe they are inaccurate on their a lot of their front page stuff, um, like the yellow cake uranium, for instance, uh, that, you know, I don't know, probably at least a million people are dead, you know, because of that fact being wrong. Um, you know, just I mean, that that would be an interesting thing, like how many people are dead because of you know, factual inaccuracies. 
Um, they have Infowars at the bottom, right? Infowars is the absolute, like, that's the Satan, according to this. It's in the bottom right. So it's the worst possible thing because, you know, everybody would much rather have this, the super uh, soft and cushy liberal leaning than the mean, cold conservative. Um, but, you know, how many people have died because of Infowars? I mean, I can promise you Infowars was not buying into that yellow cake lie. So, you know, so that's plus one for them on accuracy, minus one for all the major news outlets that reported it, at, reported it as fact. Um, and then, you know, but then it's only plus one, minus one. And so, you know, when Infowars was like wrong about what time the press conference was or something, well, then they get minus one and now you're back at even. But if you actually looked at like plus a million, minus a million deaths, you know, Infowars is is way up. And, you know, the inaccuracy of uh, when the press conference happened, not a big deal. So... I don't know, man. I mean, you'd have to dig into it, but you know, the and in the uh so InfoWars being the worst possible news source according to this. Again, right? Like they are on the far right. They're considered the most far right publication um by this thing. Where where the hell is Fox News? Like how <laughs> Oh, there they are. Fox News. Oh, my God. Fox News is like all the way down too. wow. Fox News is in the red uh, rectangle of death. Um, don't even look at those news sources. I mean, obviously, Breitbart's in there. Uh, Occupy Democrats on the left. Patri Pat Petra Biotics. I don't know. I'm not sure what that is. Um. So anyway, uh, so, but, you know, I mean, I mean, Alex Jones is a libertarian, right? Like, he's not, you know, he's not conservative. I realize that he's been a lot more backing Donald Trump, um, but it would be pretty tough to call Donald Trump a, uh, so if we went by the definition of, you know, conservative in 2015 uh, or whatever, 2016, like, you know, I mean, it's not Donald Trump. I mean, Donald, I'm not saying Donald Trump's like good or anything, but I mean, he's certainly not like following the conservative ideology. Uh, but, you know, I mean, the big thing, is, I mean, you know, InfoWars is very, very anti-war, you know, they're, uh, I, I mean, I guess they've got onto this closed border thing and, um, you know, but they're, you know, they're not like opposed to things like gay marriage or drug legalization. You know, they legalize drug like he's a libertarian, you know, he just looks at like strategically um, as like Donald Trump is a. Uh, you know, uh, a, a good chance to, to sort of break some of this power control. I mean, that's definitely, you know, the ideology or the, you know, the thinking there, but, um, you know, so to, to like sort of pin him in this sort of most extreme conservative, uh, you know, uh, camp is, is just sort of, it's, 
It's inaccurate. I mean, it's just inaccurate. I mean, he's it's like anti, he's totally anti-war, which I guess, you know, to some extent doesn't even move you left or right anymore, right? Because left or right on this chart, like I mean, imagine, imagine that that we I mean, not even imagine, just just like think about for a second that we live in a world where most people in the United States would think that reducing the political spectrum to a one-dimensional line where you have one side most extreme liberal, one side, the other side most extreme conservative, that nowhere on that line, which is supposed to cover everybody, is there any anti-war sentiment whatsoever. It's been fucking eradicated. And... I think that's the worst thing that's happening. That is it. That's the worst thing that is happening in this country is that that's gone. And it's, I do not now, I, you know, I'm not in, in Western Europe right now, but I also believe they've done a pretty good job eradicating it from that as well. And the things that separate the left and the right of this line now are... Uh, views, and I mean, not even the politicians, right? Because the pol- because we're fully Republican and, you know, the health care didn't change. Uh, there's a slight change, you know, amount of taxation differences. Um, I'm not even sure about trade. Again, you know, you, again, Trump's sort of like a wild card. You know, you've got a president that doesn't even fit on this line. <laughs> he's uh, he's all over it. He's like different points uh, uh, on this line, um, you know. So you got you've got the entire political spectrum of the United States represented by a line that doesn't contain the president and has no. There's not a single point in the line that represents uh, a belief that we should not attack other countries. Uh, so this is a pretty fucked up time. I, you know, I think, and, uh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's a bummer. You know, that's a bummer because I think that most people look at this, this chart and they're, they're just kind of like, yeah, this makes sense. This is how it is. You know, the top rung is AP and Reuters. They are considered, uh, neutral or minimal minimal bias or a balance of biases. So I guess if you just put a bunch of like outlandish things on both sides, it's okay. But again, you know, like statistically, like um, how are you doing it? You know, if you're if all your front page stories are extremely biased, and then you make up for it by in balance by a bunch of shit that never gets on the front page. It's in the back pages. It's deep in you know down that pagination, uh, you know, scrolling or whatever. And then that's where the balance comes. So you're always liberal in the front page. You know, your, your, your top 25 stories are all, you know, liberal leaning, but then, you know, your, uh, you know, your 25 conservative stories are all after that, or even more deep Then you have 25 or 26 where it's 13 and 13, you know, and then the next 25 or now you're conservative. So, you know, somebody would have to start at like the 50th 
you know, most popular story on your website before, you know, they're really getting to this balancing out. But nobody gets past the front page. I mean, that's the truth. You know, go, you know, look at like the statistics. Like most people don't get below even the scroll fold. Like they call it the fold, right? That was like the the old, new. you know, when you would get a newspaper, if you were, you wanted to have your article above the fold. Because even just having to flip the newspaper over, you lost like 50% of your eyeballs or something, you know. And then if you were on the second page, you know, then you lose that much more. And I mean, this is just like a known, this is known everywhere, right? So if they are not accounting for that, right, it's like the views are what matter. Like how many people are seeing your liberal leaning stories versus how many people are seeing your conservative ones. And so I really question. And the most question I have, or, or the sort of the most obvious, right, is one that we, you know, my, my loyal listeners and myself have looked at a ton is CNN. What you find is uh, CNN is somehow in the middle as far as um, so it goes from so here's the the a fact scale the best you can have is original fact reporting then the next level is fact reporting uh, then complex analysis analysis opinion with uh, fair persuasion selective or incomplete story unfair persuasion um not really not sure how you get uh propaganda contains misleading interview or contains inaccurate or fabricated information so cnn actually doesn't do that well they have them down uh at the fair persuasion line with unfair persuasion so they're right on that line i'm not really sure exactly where it's supposed to be um but, uh, you know, they, they somehow are in this yellow rectangle. They're all the way at the bottom, right? But if you just, like, really don't want to think, and you just don't look, and it says yellow rectangle, CNN is sort of on that border, fair interpretation of the news. Oh, okay. But there are... Uh, the thing that's even more, right? So I, you know, again, like I'm not fucking fact checking these sites. So I, you know, I, I don't know. I looked, I looked at those pictures because they came up on some site that I wasn't really sure what it was. Uh, might've been the daily caller, which is, looks like it's uh, very conservative according to this thing and also very inaccurate, but funny enough, the Daily Caller on this article, which I found to be extremely important because they that was the, the site that, you know, sort of pulled this up that allowed me to see these pictures from 2014. Uh, I went, in fact, checked it and they go all the way back to Reuters. So these were, you know, totally accurate kind of bombshell level photos. But it's from this red box of death news source. So you should fucking ignore it, even though it was actually accurate. The big thing is, is that CNN is labeled neutral on this. It's right on the border again, right? So CNN is like, they just put them on this fucking like nexus point of neutral to skews liberal to fair, per fair persuasion to unfair persuasion. I mean, that's fucking bananas, right? Like 
I mean, CNN isn't even kind of neutral. I mean, it's not like not at all. It's just a fucking liberal news source, you know. Uh, it's definitely like pro Democrat. It's totally fucking anti Republican. I mean, it it's it. I'm sure you can get more extreme. I'm not even sure what more extreme, you know, with that would that that would be. I mean, I guess again, like communism is not liberalism, right? Like it's sort of it's it's sort of like. Uh, saying that conservatism conservatism is libertarianism i i don't believe that uh you know that's true i do not believe even the most you know staunch democrat that's just you know voting across the board blindly is you know that doesn't mean that they are for state uh ownership of the means of production you know that doesn't mean they want the government to own all of the means of production um, you know, Ed mentioned it last week about, you know, I, I, I haven't, you know, read a lot of or, or read any scholarly articles about this. So, you know, maybe somewhere in my analysis, I'm incorrect, but, you know, the, um, I see like at least sort of three basic, uh, ideas, you know, one is free market when it comes to economy, one is free market and one is sort of communism, socialism, and then there's the welfare idea in, and I, I mean, I've been thinking about it now for a month or two, um, just this idea and I haven't found any problems with it just in my sort of casual musings, um, but I would think that the Democrats are kind of more along the lines of your, uh, kind of just liberal, um, you know, welfare state. And that's sort of what, you know, I would think that like Western Europe and stuff is, is more like that, you know, um, they always want to talk about the Scandinavian con countries as like this example of socialism and, uh, you know, why capitalism so bad. But I think that, you know, it's, the situation in there is much more just like a welfare state, you know, and, and, um, you know, and, and something to keep in mind there, uh, just to keep this tangent going a little bit more is, you know, I mean, we have the largest government, right? I mean, our government is fucking massive, trillions of dollars. Um, and, you know, I, while I don't want the state running healthcare and I don't want the state doing all this stuff, I mean, you know, we've obvious like our government here in the U.S. has done a horrific job, um, you know, doing it. I mean, I do think that there's a way to be more or less effective and we're so ineffective. I mean, I think one thing is just a massive country with a ton of people, you know, so a one size fits all solution is, is, you know, a probably doomed to failure. But then you also have just this massive military spending. So we are taxed very heavily in the United States and it's a very progress, you know, progressive as, as in, the more money you make, the more percentage you pay. And um, to a large extent, right, it's going to fund, like, military and, and, like, fucking, you know, Norway, it just ain't doing that. You know, they're able to, like, you know, in France, I mean, when they send, like, a few soldiers along to, like, just show that they're in line with the, you know, murdering in the Middle East, but they're not doing anything of like substance, you know, they're able to like keep a bunch of their money and like, you know, make their programs with it. And, um, or make, 
I don't know. So anyway, I, I do think that there there is like a bit of a misnomer that like our taxes are significantly lower and we're so much more free. It's just like, no, it's like our government's fucking bleeding us dry. They're just like not even kind of giving it back to us. They're fucking mainly, you know, not only are they not really like giving a lot back to us, but they're, 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 they're taking it and then having to take out a bunch more debt to fund all this stuff. So, you know. I mean, we spend a ton of money on health and human services at the federal level. You know, it's just fucking, you know, I, I, I just don't think the idea is that you need more tax money. You know, like, like our budget is at like fucking like three trillion a year, two, three trillion, trillion dollars. You know, I don't I don't think that. Man, if we just got a couple hundred more billion, you know, then the healthcare would be, you know, then it would be good. Anyway, uh, so just to let's see if there's anything else to say about this. I mean, at least they accurately, it looks like MSNBC is considered more left, uh, more liberal than CNN. And, you know, so that's, I mean, you know, to some extent, like it checks out. Uh, I don't know. We've got um, uh, my buddy was talk, telling me to look at democracy dot now uh, democracy now dot com. So they're pretty high up there. They're on the uh, uh, he, he told me that there would be a left leaning, um, you know, publication that does some, um, you know, but they're, they're really strong anti-war. So that's good. And um, so, you know, funny. Right. So you have democracy now. Very anti-war. Infowar is very anti-war, and they're like, you know, different sides of the spectrum just to sort of drive home the idea that fucking anti-war, that it is not represented. It is no longer part of the standard political spectrum in the United States. Um, you know, also, oh, this is funny. So they have Time, is, Time magazine is considered very, uh, you know, neutral minimal partisan bias or balance of bias again i don't you know i guess just because of the way they do it um they sort of had to sort of lump that together but again to me like neutral and balance of bias is not you know it's not even kind of the same thing right if you just have a bunch of like you know non-biased articles or you know uh just trying to you know uh, again like what's not biased not i mean to me like not biased is like you keep reporting the facts that the U.S. is just attacking countries, you know. So any any reporting that's not that is biased to me, right? Like the the truth is is that the United States military has killed a million or more people in the Middle East. Um, that's the truth. You know, the bias is anything but that narrative, right? Like anything that is sort of hiding that, that's bias. And I would say, you know, most of these uh, on here, again, I don't really know a lot about these bottom ones. Uh, you know, you got, I don't know. I mean, I, I yeah, I, I'm not really sure a lot. I definitely don't know these sort of uh, left ones but at least democracy now hopefully is is getting some anti-war stuff to the left still um 
and certainly, you know, InfoWars. But I, you know, to be fair, I mean, I don't, I don't think InfoWars is nearly as strong anti-war as they were during the Bush years and the Obama years. Um, so, you know, you see that same kind of disease of like now they picked a person, a personality to back, and now they're sort of maybe losing some of their, um, you know, real, uh, I, you know, their ideals are, are getting sacrificed. Uh, so it was funny that, you know, Time Magazine is in here, right? Um, because, again, I'm seeing Time Magazine as you know, probably not the most neutral, uh, news source. They seem pretty left-leaning. Um, do you want to take a quick look? So, all right. So here we got CNN, right? Here we go. Here's, here's this, this thing's very neutral source. CNN.com. Trump deport without judges or cases. Trump unveils new nickname and drags up an old slur. CNN anchor to Trump supporter. He created this policy. Protesters briefly blocking a bus, leaving the migrant detention center. Uh, Ex-Bush official, we can confuse toughness with cruelty. Government details how family would be reunited, comma, eventually. DHS employees were warned about their safety. Um... Glenn Beck walks off from a live CNN interview. You know, that's okay. That's and you know, and that's anti-conservative. He died in 1952 years after they married. Now she wants to bring him home. I don't know what that is. Um some of this stuff is just like entertainment stuff or whatever. Um, US is not ready for deadly buzz. Seth Rogen refused a photo with Paul Ryan. No way, man. You know, I mean, every single thing. I mean, there's not. Can Starbucks be fixed? Uh, you know, there's Stephen Miller is the man behind Trump's immigration policy. Um, the Turkey elections. Huck could be accused of bigotry and racism after a tweet. Uh U.S. agents are stopping cars in New England to check for citizenship. Sarah Sanders says she was kicked out of a restaurant because she works for Trump. Um, and they want Bloomberg to run, so they're talking about him. Uh, analysis, Melania's jacket. Mel Melania's jacket was no mistake. Something that they don't like the way she dressed because it had some words on it. Um, anyway, it's literally, you know, uh, it's 100% either liberal or you know, unrelated, but, uh, you know, so right. The fucking take home ma messages. This, you know, thing is, is inaccurate. So, uh, there was that time magazine. <laughs> I just wanted to read. I'm not, I'm not, I'm fucking done with this. I, obviously this, this graphic of like, what's more accurate versus what's not accurate and what's, you know, that the whole world of political thought is one dimensional is stupid. But I did want to talk, you know, there was this big, um, the big time magazine cover with the, you know, uh, Trump and the immigrant child or whatever. And it, uh, I just wanted to read this one line. This is the opening salvo from this article. The president may have many, presidents have many jobs, and one is telling us who we are. And the title of this is A Reckoning After Trump's Border Separation Policy. What kind of country are we? 
So one of the jobs as a president is to tell us who we are. Uh, I mean, that's just fucking stupid. I don't, you know, I don't know what to say about that. Um, their articles are a restaurant owner on why she asked Sarah Huckabee Sanders to leave, right? Because, you know, we want to find out about that. That's important. Making mistakes was not an option. Michelle Obama on the pressure of being the first. <laughs> Jurassic World stomps its way to $150 million debut. <laughs> Massachusetts governor's son accused of groping woman on plane. A woman was detained for two weeks after accidentally crossing the Canadian border while jogging. Administration says it knows the locations. The story behind... Um, Anyway, it's all fucking anti-Trump, right? It's all, it's all uh, left. And, you know, this place, or excuse me, you know, this, uh, you know, this is supposed to be this like super, you know, fucking scientific level-headed thing. But what happens? You know, what do they really do? I mean, what's the big, like, okay, AP, Reuters, not surprising that they're up at the top. And I'm not surprising that they're just crushing InfoWars. And like rightfully so, I'm not saying that like Alex Jones is like reporting all these super accurate facts. And like I've said before, for like, man, if the guy's only like 30% accurate, he's still, uh, you know, that, that fucking 30%, man, it turns out to be super important, you know? So... I don't know. I mean, I, and, 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 and obviously, like, pinning him to the right is, is silly because that's just, like, a false uh, paradigm that the, about, you know, the political thought being reduced to a one-dimensional line. But the big thing is that they have CNN as neutral, that they have time. They actually have time almost leaning to the right a tiny bit. You know, the New York Times. I mean, come on. New York Times is neutral. The Washington Post is neutral. I mean, they're neoliberal. Give them that. I mean, I'm sure they're fucking pro-war, you know. They're neoliberal, neocons. I mean, what's the difference at that point? But, uh, you know, anyway, I mean, they're in this green box, right? So where are you going to get your news? You can get news from NPR, Time, Washington Post, New York Times. I'm, I mean, you know. You're not going to get much truth out of that. And then AP and Reuters, if you want to be bored to death, because all they do is report the facts. Uh, all right. So where where are we at? Um, so the last piece I wanted to uh, talk about here with regards, you know, and that, that was sort of this big kind of tangent as, uh, you know, this sort of analysis here of... Um, you know, what, what news can we trust? And just because I sort of recently kind of came across this. And then the other thing I want to talk about, and, and I, you know, I might kind of end with, with this, uh, you know, maybe we can really briefly go over these other, uh, these other articles, but, um, the, uh, life explained like a, a video game. So, you know, I just wanted to talk a little bit about this because it's such a, um, it's such a big topic and, and, uh, you know, I think it's something that is very fundamental, you know, uh, the idea of, of inequality 
And I think it's very fundamental to a lot of times why people wind up going Republican or Democrat or liberal or conservative. It's the way that they process or understand this concept. And, um, you know, white privilege or privilege uh, in general has become, you know, really a big talking point over the last year uh, or last several years. Um, it's crazy, man. I mean, I remember how intense stuff was under Obama and it's just gotten totally redefined under Trump. I mean, it's just it's become like this just like uncontrolled, like panic rage against, uh, you know, against Trump. Um, so let's just play a little line from a little intro from this life explained as a video game and then we can talk a little more okay so once you've chosen your starting region and race you have to go through a nine month loading screen while your character spawns and that already sounds bad but what's even worse is that once you've actually spawned you have to go through 18 levels of tutorial the first few of which are just interactive cutscenes even when you get to start moving around and interacting with the environment, what kind of sucks is that the only other users you really get to interact with are the two parent players that take you through the start of the tutorial. And the trouble is, if they haven't advanced their parenting skill tree, you end up with really screwed up stats for the rest of the game. So that's that last part there is, is you know, is the key to it. It's that, uh, you know, if you don't have good parents, then you have bad stats for the rest of the game. And um, I mean, I... You know, this whole, uh, and you, you know, you can find it. I'll, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes, but you know, just Google life explained like a video game, it's not hard to find. Um, but you know, that that's it, right? Like, so that's that's the key thing is that you know, it that like I see all these videos, like, if you don't understand privilege, like, watch this one thing, or if your friends don't understand privilege, and like, um, I mean, I feel like it's a terribly simple concept. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what would be the equivalent. Um, I mean, it would be like a, a, I mean, just something like so obvious that, you know, it's like, if you know, you don't think like pouring water, you know, on your hair is going to make it wet you know, watch this video and like, here's this whole thing explaining how water makes your hair wet. Like as if this is the, you know, as if like, this is what people are missing that don't want a welfare state, you know, because this is it, right? This is one of, um, one of the, the really, really big guns in, in the war for creating a welfare state is this inequality one. So I think that, you know, the liberal idea is that, you know, um, they want a fair outcome, right? They want everybody to have an equal opportunity. And that if you are, you know, raised um, and, and if you don't get, you know, this, uh, a good education or you're poor, you know, malnourished. I mean, there's any kind of way, or if my God, if you're like beaten or whatever, you know, uh, statistically, you know, you don't have as good of odds as somebody that was, you know, born, 
Uh, it's a white male in a, you know, sort of wealthy suburb and had good education and everything like that. Um, so on the surface, right, I mean, can't really argue with that. Um, but, you know, the solution then is to create government programs to fix this. Um, and so there's a lot of lot of ways to come at this. Um, let's let's uh, press pause just for a second on the sort of solution side or the problem side, and just even um, it's just like the you know the the sort of the whole couching of this because you know when you're talking about success. Um, it just it just becomes like entirely boiled down to money, you know. Um, I mean, because you know, whenever you're you're trying to do these statistics, uh, it's kind of like your only you know the only sort of like number that you can get a hold of. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, we're not we're not tracking the number of you know babies you hugged. Or, you know, people that you've made smile or, you know, I, I don't know, like, you know, mean things that you've said. You know, it does, it's not, you know, it's not actually tracking, um, you know, whether or not you're, you're actually like a quality individual. It's just tracking, you know, how much money you've made. And it's... You know, it's one of these things, and I, I don't have this necessarily like all worked out in my head, like exactly why this, you know, why this irks me, but it really, it really does irk me because it's, you know, the liberals are, you know, sell themselves to you that, you know, they're the ones with the heart and the conservative ones, you know, they're the cold ones. Um, and if you want this welfare state, you know, you have a heart, but then they're, you know, at the same time, out of the other side of their mouth, you know, with this sort of argument, they're basically valuing people by how much money they have. And, uh, you know, I mean, I just reject that. Like, that's just not the way that, you know, you measure like a human life and, and success and failure. I mean, we, you know, you got to get out of that, man. Like, and, um, you know, so that that really bothers me from the sort of the uh, liberal side of it, uh, the sort of welfare sort of side of it is that, you know, people are, are reduced to just this sort of financial analysis. Um, and then the other thing is the statistics themselves. And then this is more of, you know, I think like at a personal level with people. Uh, dealing with this. And it's that, you know, <laughs> like, when you see a person, and you say that they are black, um, if you jump to the conclusion that, you know, they grew up poor or they, you know, like, let's say like, what is whatever the average, let's say, let's say the average African-American male, you know, they were more than 50% likely to grow up in a household without a father. So you assume when you see a black man that he grew up without a father and on average, you know, they come from a very, they come from, uh, you know, the average, let's say African-American household, 
has, you know, a female, single female and, you know, a fucking household annual income of like $28,000 or I, I don't know. I have no idea what it is, but, but you know, let's just say it's low. And then the average white male, uh, you know, let's say it's 45% of the time uh, they grow up in a single uh, parent household. So you assume they have both parents and the average household income is like 40,000 or something. So, you know what I mean? Like you to like, like when you think about it like that, it's, it's fucking silly, right? If, if a single human being walks in, if a single black male or a single white male walks in and you assume because of the statistics that they did or did not have a parent or they were or were not poor, you know, it's just like, that's just like not how it is. You know what I mean? Like a white male that like, you know, grew up with like a single mother drug addicted, you know, parent that lived, you know, in some projects or government housing or, you know, I guess to keep with the stereotypes in a trailer park. I mean, you know, like the fucking average doesn't matter. Like it doesn't, it just doesn't matter. They are 100% determined by what they started with, you know? And the same thing, you know, for a black man. I mean, if he, you know, grew up with like wealthy parents that were, you know, I don't know, professors or doctors, lawyers, or super intellectual, you know, I mean, just like the average is just like, it doesn't apply, you know, it's like, it, and and the the welfare state only is going to operate at that level. Like government solutions have to treat people as statistics. Like it's just that's the nature of them. They're not, you know what I mean? Like they they just, you know, whether uh, you know whether it's like something like gun regulations. You know, or whether or not you get welfare or, you know, it's all there's just these fucking like they, they've got to reduce it to just these demographic boxes of, you know, what age are you? You know, what is your income? You know, what, you know, whatever, like whatever that is, like, is there, you know, uh, how many dependents do you have? Or like, you know, can anybody else claim these dependents? Like, right. It's got to fit into that like type of description in order to determine what they do with it. And it's like, just, you know, it's just not enough, man. Like, you know, people are not like in real life aren't reducible to that. I mean, just think about your interactions with people in your life. And if any decisions you make are done in that manner and then, you know, <laughs> you know, not, and, uh, you know, and if, you know, if you don't ever do that, if you don't ever think that that is the right way to, you know, interact or determine how you want to interact with a person, then like, why would you want the government to treat people like that at a mass scale? You know, so so that's that's a sort of the the top sort of sort of upfront issues with the uh, what I see as the sort of liberal welfare t uh, state sort of take on, you know, this, um, the, the, the inequalities is, uh, you know, that it's just a sort of very cold statistical take and that it's, it's sort of reducing people to the value of the amount of money that they make, that their value is just that. 
And then the third, you know, the third thing is, is like thinking that the state is the solution to, you know, inequality and that, you know, that somehow just sort of reducing people to these simplistic statistical, you know, demographic buckets um, is the way to sort of love, you know, that's like the loving humane solution, you know, that again, that the sort of liberals sell themselves as they're the liberals, they're the ones with the heart. And this is the heartfelt solution. Um, you know, and it's just not, man, this is, that's the dehumanizing thing. It's dehumanizing to reduce people to the amount of money they make and to lump every person that has the same skin color, you know, or same age or whatever into this bucket, you know, with all the other people that that's in, that, that, that have that skin color, you know, or that age, you know, it's cold, man. It's cold and it's inhumane and they've done a goddamn good job of convincing the world that it's the opposite of that, but, but it's not, it, it's cold. So, you know, so what's the conservative problem here? To me, like the, the sort of right wing kind of popular conservative issue with this, um, is that, it is like that that's like somehow like the inequality like doesn't exist or something, you know, that it's like the whole pull yourself up from your bootstraps and, you know, all this stuff like people don't need help. And um, <clears throat> and I find I sort of I guess I find the analysis of this like a little more simple um, or it just seems like pretty like black and white to me. It's just like, no, man, like, you know. Like, definitely some people have it harder than others. Uh, you know, like, like people need help. You know, I needed help in my life. And I got a lot of help from people in my life, you know. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. I, I mean, it just seems like sort of like flat out wrong. And, and, and I'm, you know, I, I would say that... Uh, you know, maybe the like, like I do think that there is some, you know, so if I would take one thing from the, the liberal side is like the desire to want to help people, you know, is is what I would want to take from that side. And then from the conservative, I think that, you know, sort of honoring the struggle, you know, is is also a part of it. Like there to me, like there's just sort of the like the real, you know, the best way to look at it is, is kind of like considering both sides of it that, that, you know, that there is something to growing up in, um, you know, not, uh, ideal circumstances and rising out of that, you know, um, there, there's something really, really basic to the human experience from my perspective um with overcoming difficulties and um but there's still difficulties and like you can still help people overcome the difficulties you know um and and so i think that you know i know i really hammered on the liberal side of it and but you know 
because I also think that like it's possible that to some extent like the the sort of Republican side is just sort of like stupid reactionary thing, you know? Like it's like they tried to like kind of when when uh, we were talking about the immigration stuff the previous episode, it's like they were trying to kind of like lump uh, being. But like like sort of call out the liberals for being two-faced for being pro-abortion and like anti uh closed borders or whatever anti-separating families and you know like i, I think there's this, there's sometimes like strategically they're a little kind of like kind of dim dim-witted with with that approach and and um you know it's possible that that's mainly what this is and <clears throat> that to be kind of you know they're, they're just sort of so focused on the pull yourself up by your bootstraps thing that they, I, I don't know, it, it just, it does come across, I, 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 maybe I should have tried to pull up some, you know, specific articles about it or something, but I, I just feel like I've seen these sort of conservative takes on it that are kind of like inaccurate. And I feel like they're sort of just pretending like, you know, you know, this isn't uh, or, or like start to, to like get into being sort of racist like the other way. Right. Like um, started like almost like saying like, you know, implying. I, I mean, I do think like, OK, so that is definitely like an, a problem if your take on it is that, oh, well, black people are just fundamentally more lazy or not as intelligent, you know, uh, obviously that's pretty much relegated to the the right. Uh, and the right wing side. And then obviously that that is like a very, very flawed analysis of this. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> I I think what you really find is, is you know, uh, po you know, poverty really um, levels these statistical playing fields uh, quite a lot um, between the earning power. You know, if you're going to reduce them to that, the earning power of, of white and, and black people in the United States. So um, so then, like, what's the libertarian, you know, take as far as I see it? To me, it's not pretending, you know, it's like, you know, not pretending there aren't inequalities, not pretending that, you know, some people have less hardships to overcome than other people. It's just the rejection of the welfare state as the solution. I mean, that's it, you know. Um, you, you know, I think you can go really far with that, too, and say that the act beyond not being the solution, the welfare state is actually exacerbating the problem. Um, so, you know, there's that as well. Um, but, you know, the just, again, it's like, if if in order to implement the solution you you know you need to steal somebody's money uh it's not a good solution and that's what they're doing you know and so you know you're you're sort of confiscating money and property from people um and but you're spinning it as this very very good thing and so you know it's a little harder maybe to argue it's a little bit more difficult um then, you know, maybe saying, hey, you shouldn't steal people's money and then buy weapons and go murder other people with it. I mean, that seems to just be such a slam dunk. But, you know, again, if the liberals are sort of saying like, well, you know, yeah, but we really need to help these people. You know, I think that, you know, we've got to make the case that, you know, 
charity is better than welfare. And that we are not saying to leave people out in the cold, you know, but we're just saying that you should let voluntary solutions work, you know, and, you know, some something like, look, it, you know, if you're flooding like, I, you know, I don't even know how much money goes in the welfare state at this point in the U.S. right now, but I would assume it's on the order of hundreds of billions of dollars. So. For instance, right, like it is not illegal to let's think of something that is just like entirely dominated by uh, by the government. Um, let's say I want to say roads, but let, let's just say um, like in Atlanta, right? I mean, water, there's like one, you know, water source or whatever, or like, you know, there's like just the Atlanta water company. I don't even know. It may actually be illegal to like run water pipes. Um, but let's just pretend that it's not, even though, even if it wasn't illegal, you know, there are no private water companies supplying water to the residents, you know, or trying to compete. And it's because, right, like the industry is entirely subsidized by, um, you know, the state. And so, you know, you have just these like state subsidized, the state subsidized water company. And, uh, you know, it's just, you're not gonna be able to compete with that. So they don't even start. And I think that, um, you know, you have a similar, you know, thing, I mean, roads would be a good example. Although I do think like insanely like private, companies basically get government contracts i mean it's like the worst right it's like crony capitalism it's not i mean it's yeah it's it's the worst um but the uh you know you're not gonna like like let's say you have a thing and it's pretty far out you know i I remember boeing i was at the boeing facility in seattle and it's just like massive manufacturing thing and it's it's good bit outside of seattle like i don't know 30 minutes 45 minutes something like that so you know they like basically built this thing and then they lobbied the state to build a road to them right like so you know i mean like they they weren't like trying to get private companies to build the road. Why? Because well, they you know they would have to pay money for it. So like they're not even their their business is like not even there. They just decide ah we can spend a lot less money lining the pockets of some corrupt officials and get them to just build a road to our thing and save us tons of money. So anyway, so like you know it's a very warped. Uh, it's a very, you know, it, like the, this when you have massive government uh, expenditure, I mean, you really, really warp uh, industries to where they're totally unrecognizable. I mean, who knows what a private if all if roads were just entirely determined by the market and built by companies that were just left to sink, sink and swim in the market. I mean, Lord knows what they would look like today. You know what I mean? I guarantee you they wouldn't be fucking filled with potholes and have the same technology. I mean, I'm 40 years old. I don't think the technology for roads has fucking moved an inch you know, no, there's just no innovation, nothing. Anyway, anyway, so I don't think that people really think about it much, but, you know, charities in a voluntarist's, I mean, I'm going with voluntarists now. So charities in a libertarian world or a voluntarist world or an anarcho-capitalist world, 
right? They're just left to battle it out in the market, right? Like like the best charities, the charities that people um, like to donate to more are the ones that will survive. And if you're of a charity, let's say that, uh, let's say, you know, you're a charity, hey, we're going to build houses for the homeless, right? And you just like your company, you know, your your charity builds a bunch of like shitty houses, you know, and this other charity over here is also trying to build a house for the homeless and they build them really great and they stand and they're nice and, you know, nobody's going to donate to this shitty house charity. I mean, obviously, you know, that's ignoring like marketing and other like complexities, but, you know, just in this sort of simplified analysis you know you have that right but the government like their housing i mean they built like death traps these fucking high-rise death traps and uh you know nobody's any choice but to give money to it because the money's taken from them at fucking gunpoint right there is no competition and i don't think it's something that's thought about a lot i don't think it's something that's even thought up about thought about a lot in the libertarian world and i definitely don't think it's talked about enough because i think it's something that we're actually extremely strong on i think it's a point that is like really separates libertarianism from like conservatism and I think it's something that, you know, we we should really focus on, you know, reminding the world like people like will like, oh, you know, poo poo with charities. And it's not maybe it's not an easy argument to make because I think you first have to sort of set the stage with how how uh, skewed the market is today for charities like, you know, they're they're left like, you know, dealing with this just like hundreds of millions of dollars of welfare money like rolling in i mean you know i guess you have like habitat for humanity but they're going like outside right like they're they're going like out i'm pretty sure well no that's actually not true but you know you have something like that but but you know imagine the scale that that would operate if there wasn't you know this sort of government like welfare you know system working and then you know and then extrapolate that out to like all different types of charities like what about like charitable groups for education you know i mean like it, you know and people think that there's just like oh there's not enough money there's not enough money and it's like i mean where do you think all the fucking welfare money comes from i mean it's like it comes from us you know it comes from taxing people like it's not like you know there there isn't like this other source like magical fucking bag uh, of financing, you know, I mean, I guess to some extent there is the Fed, they can buy, you know, buy up all this debt. Um, but, you know, like, I mean, you're, you're going to have to pay for it at some point, right? Like, I mean, either by just destroying the currency. I mean, so that, uh, okay, so maybe you can spend more money than people are donating for a time. But the conclusion of that is going to be complete destruction of the currency, Um or, you know, you eventually, like, have to balance the budget, right? Like, at some point, you have to balance the budget. You cannot infinitely go deeper and deeper into debt, right? Like, I mean, if the United States is 10,000 years old, I promise if we've made it to that point, we've balanced the fucking budget or the currency collapsed at least once, you know? Um, 
It's just you can't run it forever like that. So let's just assume at some point we're going to have to pay the piper and balance the budget or something like that. So, you know, at some point, like like we may not be paying for it now with this debt, but like future generations are going to have to pay. Like the next generation is going to have to pay because of all of the deficits that we're running, you know, because of the deficits we're running now. Um, so I would include that in like people paying, you know, like, so, and then they're going to have to tap the next generation, probably the next generation to pay for their welfare, you know, state that they're sort of setting up. Um, but you know, nonetheless, it's, it's, it's being paid for by the people, right? The government does not create money magically. It does not create wealth magically. It has to get it from us, you know? So the idea that like somehow charity in a free market wouldn't be able to generate enough money, you know, it's like, well, I mean, the same source is there, you know, like number one, everybody would instantaneously be richer. I mean, I would be if you ended taxation, I mean, I would I would instantly be like 30 percent or 30 some percent richer immediately, like just instantaneously. I would be making that much more money. I mean, imagine if your boss was like, hey, you want a 35 percent raise? That's life changing. That's life changing for everybody, too. You know, now, obviously, the progressive tax, the lower income brackets wouldn't you know, get as big a bump. I don't, I don't know what they're, they're paying now. And I think actually Trump uh, thought his tax thing was actually eliminated taxes for like real low, like below 25K or something. But anyway, so there would be a ton more money than freed up. Like it wouldn't be like, oh, at your exact same salary now, now you have to all start supporting private charities. No, you would actually get a massive fucking windfall of money and then you would be able to, uh, you know, to donate to charities around you or whatever, or new charities would probably have to start forming. Uh, also, everything would get cheaper, right? Like if you didn't have all this taxes, I mean, we, you know, we had talked about it earlier, right? Like what if all of your goods got five or 10% cheaper? So now everything just got cheaper by like 5 or 10%. And I feel like 10% is probably fair because, you know, there isn't all this fucking all these taxes on the employers and stuff. And, uh, you know, whatever, all the fucking crazy regulations that they're paying into the government for you. Like, so everything you buy is 10% cheaper. You have 30% more money. Um, you know, I feel like people be feeling pretty fucking charitable, you know. And like, think about... um. There's uh, the Shriners hospitals. I mean, that exists today. That exists in this just like insane, you know, government healthcare. Like, you know, our, our healthcare system is so fucked up, you know, and it is definitely 100% the fault of the state. You know, we, I, I think we'll have to do an episode about that. Um, but, you know, there's uh, the, the, uh, I think the Shriners hospitals, they're, they're a fucking, they're like a charitable, uh, network of hospitals around this country. I mean, it's massive. I mean, they're fucking building actual hospitals from charity. Being in the current system, you know, where there's so much government interference and there's so much taxation and so much regulation, you know, and they managed to like build that, you know what I mean? I mean they may be children's hospitals, Shriners hospitals. Um, 
you know, that's beautiful. And, uh, I don't, you know, and, and the other thing too is like, if you were like on the border, you know, like, again, like, let's say we do, we still have borders, right? Like we still have, um, border because Mexico didn't suddenly become, you know, a voluntarist society, but we did. So, you know, now you have like, instead of, instead of like having, you know, like Bernie Sanders weighing in on what, you know, you should do, the person that lives on the border of like, you know, Arizona and Mexico, you know, you maybe you let those people down there figure it out themselves and decide. And you know what? Maybe they become really fucking charitable. Like, you know, maybe they're allowed to fight the fucking gangs or like the cartels that are coming in, although they wouldn't have much of a reason to come in because we don't have a drug war anymore. So we're able to like grow our own cocaine. I don't know if we can actually grow cocaine here. Um, well, we, I'm sure we could figure out how to do it like greenhouse style or something. So we're fucking producing our own cocaine. We're producing our own fucking poppy fields and we're definitely growing our own weed, you know? Like, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? They, I mean, they got, they're fucking done, you know? And so, you know, but maybe we do let people in and maybe we do like, you know, maybe people there that are actually seeing like the human cost every day, you know, their hearts go out and like, you know, you're building, you know, I mean, think about like the fucking church, like ministries and stuff, like people like donate, like, you know, all the charity work that comes from, you know, from churches in, uh, in the United States and stuff like, you know, I mean, and why do they have more? I mean, probably because they're fucking tax exempt, you know, but anyway, uh, you know, I think that that's like a place that, you know, to me, again, like I've said it, I've said it a bunch of episodes before, but I am a libertarian, like I'm a voluntarist, I'm an anarcho-capitalist because I truly believe that it's the best thing for the poor and the middle class and I think is the best thing for the environment. You know, and those and that stuff really, really matters to me, you know, like that those are like the most important things, but I think it's the it's the peaceful solution, you know. You're not going to get like, you, you know, you won't get these massive, like weird corporate government, like connected crony capital monopolies that that are able to like, you know, foist all these wars on the like poor people in other places in the world. And, you know, you just have like free people like interacting and, and figuring out how to like, you know, sort of best solve problems, but without somebody sticking a gun to their head. And, um, you know, I think, I, I just think that like issues like healthcare issues, like education, you know, these things where there are, you know, inequalities, nutrition, I mean, you know, like all things like that, like, I, I, I mean, I, I just, I think that they're so much better served by private charity you know, where, where you have people that live in these communities and live in the communities next to them, that they can treat these people not like just putting them into some one demographic bucket or another, like not just based on their skin color or, you know, some other thing and, and like truly dispense like you know, real human aid and like real love and compassion and real help. 
You know, like to me, like that's what charity is like charity versus welfare. It's just no comparison. You know, it's it can actually be effective and you can actually like truly help a person, you know, get up out of whatever, you know, whatever like uh, difficulties that they have. Um, and, I, you know, I think it's just it's just way better. And, you know, I think that. To me, like, you know, that that's one of these core issues in, in this uh, in this immigration thing. And, uh, you know, and I think that um, it's a it's a big win. It's a big win for us as far as idea, you know, our our ideology, the ideology of like, you know, letting letting people have voluntary interactions and upholding the non-aggression principle. Um so that's all I say about that. And, um, you know, I guess we can do a quick, I, you know, maybe fuck everybody else. We'll just look real quick at maybe just antiwar.com. Um, so Korea agrees to a new round of family reunions. Uh, that's, um, I, I imagine it has to do with, with returning, um, you know, maybe POWs or something. Oh, no, this is North Korea, South Korea. Oh, that's that's really nice. Um, it's a nice story. I'm not saying North Korea is nice. I'm just saying that's that's good to see, man. That I you know I can't imagine you have these people that split apart 50 years ago. Uh, Afghan U.S. Uh, Afghans kill 160 ISIS in a three-week offensive. So you know, despite an a 100% media blackout in the United States. The United States is actually still at war in Afghanistan, the longest war in the history of the United States, and apparently they've killed 160 ISIS recently. Um, Taliban kill four and kidnap scores in a southern Afghanistan uh, raid. Uh, Saudis offer plan to protect Hodeida as civilians free, uh, flee, sorry, flee, definitely different. So that's Yemen, Hodeida. Um, and Hamas is negotiating with Israel. I don't know. We'll see what, I mean, see if anything comes of that. Uh, so other, you know, news is they, they have their little sections at the bottom here. Kurdish town strikes against deteriorating security, 24 killed in Iraq. Turkish airstrikes kill 15 Kurdish militants in northern Iraq. Um, so, you know, we have uh, Assad defies the U.S. and presses assault in southwest Syria, which is kind of funny. Uh, um, I, I did read something about, like, how, like, we were going fucking nuts about Syria and like actions it was taking within Syria, probably against ISIS. <laughs> um, anyway, so, um, yeah, Yemen's civilians are fleeing the combat zones around Hodeida. As a Hodeida, I think that's how you say it actually. Hodeida battle grinds on, residents suffer lack of clean water, electricity. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, um, it's uh, it's still going on. Not surprisingly, the uh, wars in the Middle East had been suddenly stopped. And, uh, 
Al Jazeera. There's some attack in Ethiopian, uh, Ethiopia. Yeah, it's not it's not good news, guys. Um, that is not uh, that's not really budged much. Um, I I'm not sure. I know that there are some stats that uh, under Trump that like uh, some strikes have actually increased. You know, so that's not a good, you know, I think that really, you know, from for, for the libertarian, I mean, I think that that's something you really got to look at. It's like, you know, there is this sense of like, man, it does feel good to see somebody like standing up and giving the middle finger to like the FBI and the CIA and then and, and this idea of a deep state um, or whatever. And that oh, that's another that's another topic I wanted to do just because, you know, I don't feel like I've really read deeply into it, but like this idea of a deep state and. You know, can we can we get to a like a little bit tighter, you know, a tighter definition of it? I mean, I, I think in general, it's just like the idea mostly in like military industrial complex, but people in the government that are like not elected, that sort of are remaining in in place, you know, through different presidential regime regimes and like, you know, the power that can kind of amass in, in that. Um, but, you know. Something, you know, and, and certainly, man, I mean, this North Korea thing is is so big. I mean, you know, hopefully it continues in a positive direction. But I mean, there has not been much hope in in the last decade. I mean, since since 9-11, there has been very little hope in the area of foreign policy from my perspective as I mean, it has just been one country after another the government taken out. And then, you know, and this is, you know, we also just went through, you know, one or two decades in like Central and South America of a very similar, you know, progression. And it's been, it's been pretty dark. And, uh, you know, so at least we get this one kind of positive thing. And then um, we, uh, <clears throat> you know, but, but you can't ignore that, you know, as far as I can tell, as of now, you know, uh, Trump has been anything but good with regards to uh, the Middle East. You know, he kind of got he backed out of the Iran deal, which I don't know if that was perfect or not, but I sure as hell didn't give a shit about the money. You know, much more concerned about this sort of relations, this linchpin, you know, this like target for so long. Uh, so he's kind of like, you know, been kind of going with the neocon, neoliberal agenda to some extent, you know, and when, I mean, Syria would be a little bit different. Um, you know, we start, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, we backed out of that. I mean, it's certain, certainly, you know, our presence in Syria is, is far reduced from what Obama had. And, um, you know, something you'll, you'll notice a lot is people will talk about Clinton, you know, and Hillary and all that stuff. And then, you know, it, she was very, uh, I think she was the secretary of state and, um, she just was very, uh, important in that. And, and the idea is that not only would she have continued, you know, Obama's, uh, policies in the Middle East, she, she would have ramped, she would have ramped them up. I mean, she was more of a, more, even more of a war hawk than Obama or, you know, and I guess Bush, um, you know, we haven't looked at M MSNBC today. Uh, top stories, Langford, vast majority of migrants coming for economic reasons. 
all right, that jives with what we were just talking about, you know. Um, of course, you're going to reduce people to, to money anyway. Uh, no clear solution for Trump on reuniting migrant families. Reverend Al, or I guess that's, I don't know what the fuck that is. How Sessions continues to reverse civil rights. What civil rights are being re reversed? Uh, it looks like a video, so I can't really look at it. Um, protesters attempt to block bus carrying detainees. Uh, Sanders, this Sanders story about her being asked to leave a restaurant. I, hey, and, you know, I'm all for it. Like, if you don't want to fucking somebody in your restaurant, like, it should be your private property. And just because you're selling something, like, you know, if I start selling hot dogs out of my kitchen, that doesn't suddenly mean I need to let anybody that wants to come in my kitchen come in my kitchen. Like, you know, it's just not, you know, it's not okay. I mean, I don't like racism. You know, but I also don't want the fucking state to violently uh, enforce, you know, anti-racism policies. Like, I think putting somebody in jail is worse than not selling somebody a hot dog because you don't, you know, like the color of their skin. Uh, authoritarianism expert Trump is a fascist leader, a fascist leader. Wow. But he is attempting to, like, get fucking Kim Jong-il, uh, he fucking sat down and met with him to like, you know, anyway, uh, does GOP have a problem with compassion? See, see, this is exactly what I'm fucking talking about, man. This fucking inequality shit is right in there with the migrant shit. And I think it's like the biggest mistake or one of the big strategy mistakes. I mean, obviously, I feel like the if the right the right should just become libertarians, and that's really like when they cite any kind of like philosophical underpinnings, they're mostly citing like libertarian stuff, and it's when they break from it is where they're all fucked, you know. So the Republicans should just become libertarians. I'm not sure if the the Democrats, although you know, they're I feel like you know. We see eye to eye on the problems, you know, and then I think that, excuse me, that's like a conservative, you know, pretending like the problems don't exist or, you know, being viewed as naive and compassion. Like, I think that's something that we, you know, as libertarians, we really should uh, champion because, you know, if, if, if we, you know, can position ourselves as the ideology that does have a heart then, you know, there's a new game in town for people that are pulled, you know, to the Democrat side by like, you know, picture or, you know, like these these inequalities or privilege or these arguments of, um, you know, just that that like uh, anti-environment, you know, or whatever. They're not anti-environment. You know what I mean? Like global warming, you know, whatever it is, like it, it's it's generally I think it's like appealing to that side of people. And I think that that's the great thing about being a libertarian is you actually have the real solutions to those things. Um. So, yeah, you know, MSNBC is a shit show. Let's see what Democracy Now! is doing. Oh, look at this. Hot topics. So immigration, number one. Number two hot topic on Democracy Now! is Yemen. Fucking kudos. Number three, Gaza. Number four, North Korea. Number five, Iran. And number six, sexual assault. Um, and climate change, 1968. <laughs> 
don't know what that's about. Um, but that's, you know, that's great. Um, hot topics. But their top news is immigrant parents search for children snatched by government at the border, but reuni- reunification is rare. Investigation, standard medical care, and ICE detention center is killing immigrants. ICE detention is soul-destroying. Uh, another top story. Trump admin indefinitely detained migrant families together. No plan to reunite separated children. Okay, so as much as that seemed great, uh, immigration being their hot topic, I mean, it was only immigration, but let's see. I'm going to click Yemen. So, again, I don't think people would fucking find this. I know it says hot topics, but it's it's already it's already you've reduced probably 10 percent of the people or less are clicking Yemen. Um, Yemenis accuse UAE officers of sexual torture inside secret prisons. AP prisoners face rampant sexual abuse. Civilian lives no longer matter. Millions at risk as Saudi-led coalition attacks Yemeni port city. Yemen, thousands flee. U.S.-backed Saudi-led offensive in Hodeida port city. Russian police arrest British LGBT protester as World Cup opens. How's that a fucking Yemen story? Yemen, UN warns of catastrophic. Catastrophe amid Saudi-led assault on Port City, yet they rejected the ceasefire. So, what the fuck? Um, Anyway, and it goes on and on and on. So, you know, that's where we're at. Yemen, these people are fucking dying. The people, you know, that have been elected by your friends and your family and maybe even you are directing this and making it happen. I promise you if the U.S. backed out, if the U.S. would not give weapons to Saudi Arabia, if the U.S. wouldn't help them logistically, and if the U.S. didn't also have troops in there, this wouldn't be fucking happening. So, you know, that's all going down. Uh, We got the immigrant stuff, which again, you know, I'm not pro-separating families by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, It's just the hypocrisy of these people that are totally complicit in the wars in the Middle East, Yemen, Iraq, Syria, Libya, Egypt, Afghanistan, you know, they don't give a fuck about all those fucking kids that are getting killed and getting starved, you know. And they didn't care when Obama was separating the families, but they care now. And they want to usher in this big, well, you know, or more of a welfare state, which we just talked about as being, you know, a very, very poor solution, if not just exacerbating the problem by dehumanizing people more. And, you know, whatever. So, uh, let's then, what's that? What's the good, what's the good thing is, is the North Korea stuff, you know, at least there's, uh, you know, at least there's some, you know, silver lining there. And, uh, so I didn't get into the, the police and the warrants, um, um, because, I uh, just, you know, we've been going for really long. I think this is the longest episode now I've done. Um, but, you know, when uh, next uh, next episode, you know, there's there's a few different topics. I, I think, you know, I think we'll see if this immigration thing's going, if anything came out, uh, you know, since then. Uh, I, I kind of think it's to be a bit more of the same. 
Um, you know, there's different different other things I've been looking at. I've been, um, you know, I've been wanting to sort of talk a little bit about tariffs because I know that's a that's another big uh, Trump thing, and you know, it's pretty bad economics. Um, you know, something I wanted to talk to is like how fucking hard it was for me to like even boost posts in uh, Facebook now because of their new like political stuff. I needed to, they needed to like verify my license address. They had to send me a physical letter with a code on it that I entered. And then even after that, it wasn't working. Uh, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. Um, you know, but I mean, I guess they're just trying to like cover their ass. Um, I had this interesting, uh, thought about tribalism and its application, you know, how, how, you know, it's something that's kind of grown in popularity and it's often like, oh, like it's like the evidence of why we sports, you know, turn us on so much or whatever. And, you know, the right left paradigm, but I, you know, I had a little bit, at least with sports, I had, you know, an idea that was like a little bit, um, a little bit different. Um, and, uh, Man, I watched some of this Chris Rock stand up and it was pretty brutal. I was going to talk about that. And I absolutely fucking loved Chris Rock before. And it was just like, I don't know if it was just because of his the content, but I really didn't think he's as funny as he used to be. It's almost like he just beat these motherfuckers down and then they just eventually start spitting out the agenda. You know, he says stuff about like he... You know, how he's surprised that, like, you know, the cops never kill a white kid. And it's like, I mean, you know, like, like it was like this joke about, man, just to, like, for marketing purposes, you at least get kill a white kid every once in a while. And it's like, I mean, numbers-wise, police kill more white people than black people in the United States. Like, it's, you know, you know, if you wanted to put them on that plot of, like, accurate to inaccurate, I mean... He'd be down there with info wars on that one. Uh, but then another thing about, so he goes off of this like police brutality thing and then he rolls right into like the fucking gun control shit, which we, you know, we talked about before. About how It's funny that they fucking keep putting these things together and they're fucking totally counter. Like they, they're the cognitive dissonance that should arise from holding both those positions. It's just, I don't know, man. They have some dissonance filter people have in their head and they're okay with it and uh he was talking about how the american justice this was actually one thing that was kind of good he was talking about how american justice system it discriminates and it's like you know really tilted towards his like rich people or whatever and then he said it should be like walmart and i absolutely agree right we need free market for courts right you need to have courts compete and the ones that do a better job that deliver the product. What's the product people want? They want fucking fair verdicts. They want to know that, right? That's where they want to go. That's where people are going to want to go. So, you know, when you just have a judge that's appointed for life, it just doesn't fucking matter, man. He's beholden to nobody. He doesn't have to do a good job. Um, so anyway, you know, uh, healthcare, deep state, those are things I wanted to do. Uh, I was actually thinking of doing a sex versus gender uh, little talk. Um, and, you know, I, I mentioned it a little bit here, but just, uh, you know, there, there, the, I have a note here that says social sciences are not physics. And um, this has been a pet peeve of mine for a long time. And I've touched on it here and there and I even did today. But this, like, they uh, oftentimes, like, people will present an idea as if it's just very like scientifically researched topic, you know, um, and they're sort of, you know, but 
there's a big difference to the way like a physics, you know, experiment is run or a, you know, a theory is sort of created and tested and tested by multiple people. And, you know, and you just I mean, I just feel that these standards are very lax in almost any other, you know, field outside of like the hard sciences and meaning, you know, uh, certainly like social stuff. I see, I read a lot of stuff about like addiction and really, man, I mean, these studies are just so often are just like they're, they take, you know, even if they do a good job of like defining the, you know, what's happening in their study, it's just always taken then and applied like way, way more generally. And it's just like, you know, but it's supposed to hold sort of the same weight as, you know, a physicist sort of publishing like the verification of, you know, some predicted like thing about the properties of some particle, you know, some subatomic or whatever. And uh, I, I don't know. It's a pet peeve of mine. So anyway, so those are all topics I got, you know, I got in the chamber um, that I pull out. And, uh, you know, uh, I try to stick, you know, also always to, um, you know, I think maybe my wheelhouse is kind of trying to look through the different news sources. And I mean, I guess I didn't do a big kind of cross uh, platform comparison today, but, you know, I got I got kind of caught up on this immigration thing and and, uh, you know, that that the solution to inequality Uh, is not welfare it's you know charitable given and and voluntary you know help given by you know your fellow people all right i'm out uh hope you guys have a good one and i will talk to you soon